Hello and welcome to Free America. I'm your host, Nick Yaya, and this is the Free America Podcast. Today is Sunday, August 7th. The year is 2022. And we have, a, as our guest on the show today, Scott Shera, who is the father of Grace Shera, who was murdered by a hospital and by these COVID protocols that they put in place. And so we've had Scott on the show before, you may recall. Uh, but if you're not familiar with the story, uh, you know, we're going to reintroduce you to that. But it's just a horrific story about what the, the hospitals, the medical industry and our government have been up to in terms of essentially murdering people. Uh, this is euthanasia. They, this is something very similar to what they were doing in Nazi Germany uh, prior to World War II and, of course, throughout the war where they were um, they were just uh, killing people in the name of what was good for the state and good for the you know people, allegedly. But so it's it's a horrific story. So we're going to share that with you. Um, and we're going to we're going to give you some updates and the details and what is going on in that case and how they're fighting back and, and some of the successes that they've had. So. Um, looking forward to speaking with Scott again when he comes on the show here shortly. And uh, again, I'd like to welcome you to the Free America podcast and what we do here every week. I, I, I try to deliver what I think is important information to you so that you can be more well-informed when you're well, just and give you a, a better, <clears throat> what's the word I'm looking for? You know, just a better perspective on the world and give you information that you might not normally get through your mainstream sources, places like your local news or cable news networks, or even some of the alternative news sources that are out there, which are very reputable and very good. Uh, you might not get some of the stories that that I cover or listen to or hear from some of the guests that we have on the show. So I try to make it uh, very interesting for you and something a little bit different. And of course, today is no different. And so I'd like to um, start off the show as always by covering a little bit of news. So I've come across some interesting news stories this week that I think you, you will find equally interesting. Um, but before we do, of course, I'd like to draw your attention to the Free America Podcast website where you can find this episode as well as others. We encourage you to share this with other people. You can share either the link directly to this website. You can um, there are several different podcast outlets here, as you see on the right side of the page, <clears throat> where you can find the podcast. You can share links to those. Uh, you can also share links to the video version up here. If you see videos right up top here, that's going to take you to our uh, links to the BitChute and Rumble pages where you find the video version of this podcast. And of course, if you like what we do here, go to the store. Free America Podcast Store. That's going to take you right to my Etsy page or our Etsy page, I should say, and where you can buy COVID's most wanted playing cards. Now, those are, I'm going to pull up the web page right here. Is there a deck of your, rec your standard poker cards, right? With all, all the numbers, you know, two through ace, right? So jacks, queens, kings, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And a couple of jokers, uh, surprise jokers are in there, but uh, but each card has a different person associated with the COVID-19 scamdemic. So right here, we've got our ace of spades is Bill Gates. We've got Anthony Fauci is the ace of diamonds, Klaus Schwab, Xi Jinping, and so on. So we've got a lot of different people, all of them somehow affiliated with the COVID-19 crisis. Here you have Albert Burla, the CEO of Pfizer. These are the people that are responsible for 
killing people with these <clears throat> dangerous drugs, these experimental drugs. Um, and also associated with the website, here is uh, some evidence against all of these people. So, you know, you can click on any one of these. You can read more about what this person, like, for example, Ralph Barrick. He was the head of uh, genetic engineering at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. And he oversaw the development of biological weapons for the U.S. government through gain-of-function research, which means that uh, they make viruses more deadly and easily more easily transmissible amongst humans. And he partnered together with Anthony Fauci and George Fugao and Xi Li at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And so we show you the connection between these people, the, the crimes he's accused of here, which are genocide, murder, fraud, racketeering, treason, and criminal conspiracy. And, you know, if you click on the links here in the description, it'll take you to the other people. Here's Fauci, tells you about uh, what he's been charged with and, and how we reached that, um, that conclusion. Okay, so moving on. <clears throat> Excuse me. Before we move on, actually, if you do want to get your hands on a, on a set of these, I'm going to put a link in the show notes description of of this podcast, and we'll get you a 20% discount. So they normally retail for $24.95, but uh, if you enter the promo code podcast at checkout, we'll give you a 20% discount and free shipping. So that comes out to about $20. These make great gifts, but they're also a great way to not commemorate, but but to to remember, to, I don't know, put into the historical record the crimes that these people committed. And and perhaps one day uh, when you see them walking down the street, you'll be able to pull their card and say, I got you. You know, we got to bring these people to justice. So covidsmostwanted.com, promo code podcast gets you that 20% discount. Okay. Starting off with some good news here today, I came across a spike protein detox guide. So this is a, a guide, a resource for you from the World Council for Health. And in this, it lists, um, well, it tells you about what the spike protein is, how it works, what the damage is being done to your body. Um, but, but then it gives you some proactive and supportive measures that you can use to stay healthy. And then a list of items a little bit further down here that, that are really good for inhibiting and neutralizing spike proteins here. So you've got prunella vulgaris, pine needles, emidine, neem, dandelion leaf extract, ivermectin. <clears throat> then you've got, <clears throat> excuse me, N-acetylcysteine, uh, which is also known as NAC, glutathione, fennel tea, star anise, pine needle tea, St. John's wort, comfrey leaf, comfrey leaf rather, and vitamin C. So these are um, these are natural supplements and things that you can get your hands on right at your local health food store or uh, vitamin shop, places like that. And these are good things to have on hand. The ivermectin, I think you do have to get a, uh, a prescription for but uh, you can get that at myfreedoctor.com. And I'll put that link to that in the show notes section as well, right underneath this. So this will be one of your action items where you can uh, take advantage of this. I think I might have been exposed to spike proteins from somebody because I started, you know, having some symptoms. And I am I'm a very healthy person. I take all of these things. So uh, I'm in the process of uh, doing this detox right now myself, which is <clears throat> perhaps why I have a little bit of a cough today. Anyway, so there's some good, there's a good resource for you there. All right, moving on, 
colleges, uh, this is out of the Daily Caller, colleges are finally starting to realize they can't test and mask students forever. So this is great news. You know, we've been arguing this for a very long time that these tests are inaccurate. They're highly inaccurate, in fact. And they, um, well, they, they, I think they deliver, you know, an upwards of a 90% false positive. And the masks simply don't work. In fact, they are bad for your health. And so finally, these colleges are coming around to realize that, you know, we, we just we just cannot keep enforcing this anymore because the data does not back it up, just doesn't back it up. And so this is some good news. I always like to start off the podcast a little bit of good news. And there you have it. All right. Moving on. Trudeau's unconstitutional travel vaccine mandate was motivated by politics and not science, according to some recent court documents. And so this is more uh, good news because it's exposing the fraud committed by these people. In fact, uh, I didn't include Trudeau in this deck of cards, the this first batch of COVID's Most Wanted, but he will be in a future edition, the globalist edition. And so with that, I'm going to include information like this, uh, evidence like this that shows that they were, well, that they're corrupt and that they're just making this up as they go. Uh, I'm going to scroll down here to a part where it um, talks about these these people who were involved, that they, they, they have no experience in public health or medicine or epidemiology or anything. This The, the, the COVID recovery unit which is who they were re relying on to lay down this, this travel mandate to have your vaccine passport and all this included someone named Jennifer Little, who is the uh, director general. And she didn't have a formal education, epidemiology, medicine, or public health. She had an undergraduate degree in literature from the university of Toronto and testified that there were 20 people in the unit. And when asked whether anyone in the unit had a profession, any a professional experience in public health, she said there was one person, a Monique Saint Laurent, uh, Saint Saint. Oh, I'm not going to try and repronounce that the appropriate way. Saint Laurent, that's the American way, but it's uh, uh, Saint Laurent, I believe, according to Saint Laurent's link profile, LinkedIn profile rather. She appears to be a civil servant who briefly worked for the Public Health Agency of Canada. She's not a doctor. And she confirmed that she was a member of the COVID recovery team. So what we have here is, again, a bunch of unelected bureaucrats who were dictating public health policy with little or, or no background in public health, in epidemiology and medicine, right? And so these people, it says they were in the days leading up to the implementation of the travel mandate, transportation officials were frantically looking for a rationale for it and they came up short, yet they put it through anyway, and it's still in place. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So the fraud is being exposed. These people are being shown to be complete frauds. And uh, I'm going to leave this up here. It does have a, a link to the court documents. But I suggest that, especially if you live in Canada, that you use this in your civil cases against your government up there. I encourage you to sue your government and to sue these public officials for uh, damages to you and for violation of your civil rights, your human rights, your right to travel and um, other psychological, perhaps, you know, PTSD, other things that have, that have come as a result of this. So 
uh, use this as, as, as evidence in your court cases. Because I know we do have some listeners up in Canada. All right. So it seems like the, um, the, the, the latest wave of fear has been wearing off. And so now, in this next article, um, hundreds of New Yorkers may already be infected with polio, a state health chief warns, as the virus is detected in wastewater of a second county. So they're ramping up, again, the, the, the fear porn here prior to the election, just like they did in 2020. And uh, now this time it's uh, polio. So polio is making a comeback, even though it was eradicated, right? So it's it's been eradicated, but polio actually started returning back um, a couple years ago in, in Africa and in India. And these are the two places where Bill Gates was administering a polio vaccine with the live polio virus in it. So Bill Gates has brought polio back. Um, is it, has it spread here to the United States? I don't know. Uh, I, I think, I mean, this is a big leap for them. They're, they're, they're monitoring wastewater and they're extrapolating that information out and assuming now that there are hundreds of people infected with polio, which may or may not be true, but they are not uh, missing the opportunity to use this as a way to scare the bejesus out of people, right? So unbelievable. They, they just will not stop with this, this incessant fear porn that they keep promoting. Uh, here again is Dr. Fauci in this next, next article in the Washington Post. Fauci warns of trouble for those with BA5 variant, if not up to date on vaccines. And so he says here, if they don't get vaccinated or they don't get boosted, they're going to get into trouble. And he says that the BA5 variant has been called the worst version of the virus and accounts for more than 85% uh, of cases of COVID-19. So here we go again, right? This is never going to stop, ever, ever. We're going to have variant after variant after variant. And variants come because of a leaky vaccine. That's a fact. That's, I mean, I am not an epidemiologist, but I listen to people who are. And this is what they've been saying from the beginning. First of all, you don't administer a vaccine in the middle of a pandemic. Second, you don't administer a leaky vaccine in the middle of a pandemic because what that does is it causes the virus to mutate. And here we have now mutation BA5, which is brought about and, and it becomes the, the it ends up becoming more virulent and stronger because of that. So they keep pushing to get the vaccine, they keep pushing to get the boosters, and this thing keeps evolving. And and the vaccine doesn't work, it doesn't stop anything yet. Fauci keeps going on and scaring people with this nonsense. So um, he says uh, it's it's so transmissible that it often breaks through the protection of vaccine. Well, then what's the point? What is the point, Fauci? If 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 it breaks through the vaccine, why even bother getting it? Oh, he says, well, because you know you're less likely to be hospitalized and end up dead. Hmm. Well, we have therapeutics for that. So we don't need your vaccine that doesn't work. That's just making things worse. All right, moving on. Unbelievable. So some uh, sad news here out of Australia. Turns out that COVID deaths hit a new record in hyper-vaccinated Australia. This is out of natural news. And it turns out 
noticed that that 96% of the population there took at least two jabs of the mRNA COVID uh, vaccine. And more than 70% of people are fully boosted. And it turns out that there's just this massive spike in deaths amongst people who have been fully vaccinated. So uh, not the unvaccinated, but just the vaccinated. And it's, it's scary. And I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm just terrified for people who have been subjected to this, especially in Australia. I mean, you've had it very, very hard down there and your government has been extremely authoritarian in administering this policy with regard to mandating vaccines amongst people in order to work, in order to travel. And, you know, we've seen that here in the United States, although there, there have been, you know, there are pockets of people who have been able to avoid that. But it seems like in Australia, a very high percentage of the population was unable to avoid that. So now we're seeing a, a large portion of those people who have now antibody-dependent enhancement and other health-related conditions as a result of, of taking this. And so essentially their immune systems have been destroyed and they're ending up sick in the hospital and or dying now uh, in large number. So um, sorry to report that, but again, I wanted to always like to uh, bring you up to date on the latest information. And out of the UK, in a related story, medicine regulator confirms that COVID-19 vaccines are at least 7,402% deadlier than all other vaccines combined. So you look at these charts. This is, this is just amazing here. Uh, COVID-19 vaccines in 19 months. <clears throat> these are uh, the number of reported deaths. So it's over... Uh, over 2,000. And then all of the vaccines combined over 19 months. It's 29.5 deaths. Right? So very stark numbers right there. And you can go through this article, read the letters from the regulatory agency that oversees medicine there in the UK. And the letters from the Freedom of Information Act request. The data showing the numbers. Um, it's all right there for you to see and to share. So if you've got people who are arguing that, well, these things are safe and effective or an employer who wants you to take the jab or, for example, here in Los Angeles, I tried to visit our city council building and <clears throat> or whether, well, city hall where the city council is located. And they wouldn't wouldn't let me in without a vaccine or proof of vaccination. And so I am now going to sue the city attorney uh, for violating my constitutional right to redress my grievances with the, gov with the government. Because uh, I'm not going to take an experimental drug with an atrocious record of killing and maiming people. And that's exactly what this is. And so this is more evidence to use in that case. And then finally, uh, one final story, Boy, we're kind of running a little long here. I do apologize to our guest. Um, we're gonna get we're gonna get right over to him now. This uh, just made me angry, and this is something that you might want to take action on as well. I'm going to be taking action, but this woman in Pennsylvania was arrested at a doctor's office and declined care over refusal to wear a mask. And so she's spent the last couple of years unable to go into a doctor's office because she can't wear a mask, 
And uh, it became so bad that she finally had to give in and go and to um, go to the doctor. She has spinal stenosis. And she called him and she said, yeah, come in. And then when she got there, they wouldn't treat her. And they called the police and had her arrested. And then she was injured in the process of uh, the arrest. And this is just horrific. I, I went through something similar here. I was injured. I visited a, a clinic, a um, urgent care clinic out here. These are places like they're, you know, smaller doctor's office where you can just walk in without an appointment and they wouldn't, <clears throat> they wouldn't treat me. They wouldn't treat me because I wasn't wearing a mask. And so they too are now being faced with a lawsuit. I'm not putting up with this crap anymore, folks. And neither is our guest today. <clears throat> He's now um, engaged in, in legal action against some people who killed his daughter. And this is a, the, the story that you're about to hear is one of the more horrific stories that has come out of this whole COVID-19, I don't know what you'd call it, scamdemic, plandemic. Um, it's the biggest hoax ever perpetrated on mankind. But uh, I'm going to let him tell you the story, but it's just horrific to hear that not only are they, you know, they're denying people their rights and denying them access to medical services, but in this case, they actually, um, well, they, they murdered his daughter. And so uh, we're bringing him back on the show to talk about his story and to also give us an update as to what is happening in the in the pursuit of justice in this case. So. Please join me in welcoming back to the show, Scott Shera. Hi, Scott. Hey, Nick. Thanks a lot for having me back. I sure appreciate it. Certainly. Thank you for your patience. I, I ran a little long with the news today, so well, uh, I appreciate it. All, all important things. I mean, you got to you got to cover these things, and you know, ultimately, um, you know, Grace's story is just one of those pieces, and we're in a we're in a specific lane that has really expanded quite a bit since I talked with you last. And I'll just segue from what you what you ended with, with the introduction about Grace being murdered, because that is now the conclusion I've come to, that after all the research, I believe Grace's death was premeditated murder. And that fact, what I consider a fact, has opened up uh, a whole nother series of doors. So. Um, I just want to just go back and give your viewers just a brief introduction. Grace's yeah. story is well documented on her website, ouramazinggrace.net. There's a news section um, that has approximately 200 interviews that I've done now. And you can go back on our first interview where I went through the entire story. But, you know, in a nutshell, Grace was uh, 19 years old. She had Down syndrome. Uh, not only do I believe her death was premeditated murder, but I believe that it was a result of her having Down syndrome. You know, Grace's, and you'll hear why as we, we dive into what, what we're working on now. Uh, Grace, uh, Grace was a special kid. Uh, I believe that God is behind our story because of all the doors he's opened up. And um, I mean, that's my evidence, my why behind him being behind Grace's story is they took one of his. Grace was one of God's and she was a, she was quite a special angel on this earth. I mean, she was a gift. Yeah. And, uh, our whole life was, was circled around Grace. You know, when we had her, it's interesting how 
she came into this world, we never did any of the testing and all the things that the doctors recommend, which I'm going to get into here in just a little bit. But so we knew she had Down syndrome. I was in the delivery room. And when she came out, I thought, boy, she looks like she has Down syndrome. I said to my wife, well, a couple hours later, the doctors came in the room and said, we suspect your daughter has Down syndrome. Do you want to keep her? And you know that that shocked us because we, we thought, what are you even talking about? And, yeah. You know, they weren't talking about aborting her at that point. She was already born, although that has become, you know, the new standard as right. we're finding out. But they were talking about the idea that most people don't want a Down syndrome child. So they have people waiting to adopt these type of children. So they explained that to us. And it's like, you know, uh -huh. that was a foreign concept to us. Yeah. We, of course we wanted her. I mean, she was ours. God right. gave her to us. I mean, she she started. You know, I don't want you to get the wrong impression that I'm I'm this obedient guy, but she did start on an act of obedience. We had already had two children: Travis, he was 14 at the time; Jessica was 12, and we were 39 years old. And we decided to let God lead in the baby department. And uh, you know, I think Cindy, my wife, got pregnant about five minutes later after the decision, and then. Nine, nine months later, Grace was born, you know, and we named her after God's grace. Yeah. Uh, you know, she, um, she, she definitely lived up to her name. She called me earthly dad. She called my wife earthly mom. She mm. knew, she knew, I mean, she had a sense of, of God that, um, I mean, I aspire to it. I'm learning uh, an awful lot more about God since Grace's death. In fact, I've come to the conclusion now that God is using Grace's death to bring me, our family, and anyone who's willing to hear closer to him. And yeah. I think that's why this story has gotten so much traction. You know, this, yeah. um, you know, we have interviews booked all the way through the end of September right now. And wow. it's, uh, it's unbelievable. Well, it's a lot of times it's that why that perplexes people that I've often felt that and experienced that in my life. I'll have something happen and I, I just won't understand the why behind it. What is what is God's plan here? And oftentimes it's not it's not revealed immediately. You know, we don't know what the why is, but we just have to trust in God and trust that this is a part of his plan and it's all for the better. But and, and, you know, when you when you initially when this initially occurred, it's I mean, it's so horrific. So from from what what I, I recall in our previous conversation, essentially what they did was they made it impossible for you to the, be there to advocate for your daughter. And then they administered a series of drugs that depressed her ability to breathe. And they knew that this would cause this to happen. And then the doctor on top of it um, issued a do not resuscitate without your permission. Yeah, I mean, it, that, that sounds to me like premeditated murder. Well, that's exactly why I, I concluded this. So, I mean, you referenced that, that that my wife and I weren't there at the time Grace died. We weren't. I was taken out by an armed guard. Grace died on October 13th of 2021. On October 10th, I was taken out by an armed guard. Then we had to hire an attorney to negotiate with the hospital attorney to let my daughter, Jessica, be the replacement advocate. So, you know, there was really three causes of death. Uh, one was the use of Presidex, which is a sedation med that's if it use, if it's used more than 24 hours, causes acute respiratory distress. 
Mm -hmm. well, the first cause of death on Grace's death certificate is acute respiratory distress. They used it on Grace four full days before her last day. The 44 hours where we didn't have advocacy, they increased the dose seven different times. So instead of taking care of Grace, they sedated her. Yeah. And that first cause of death yielded a bonus to the hospital, which we've just learned a lot in the last couple of weeks of $7,500. Then, of course, the second cause of death is COVID-19 pneumonia. So that way they got their $13,000 death bonus. So that was the first thing. The second, you know, each of these causes of death gets worse. The second one, you, as you recall, they gave her a combination of three meds. So the first one was already the Presidex was in her system. Then they gave her lorazepam and morphine, all three of those drugs in 29 minutes that would have taken anybody out. Yeah. And in order for that sequence of drugs to be given, not only did the doctor have to order the drugs, but the pharmacist had to sign off on the order. The hospital alarm had to be overridden because that combination of drugs on the package insert is not supposed to be given because it causes death. And then the nurse in charge of Grace's care that day was a 14-year ICU experience nurse on top of her regular ex nursing experience. So, I mean, you, you, you start going there and you think, how could this possibly happen? And then the third piece was they, the doctor, which we didn't have this last time that you and I talked, but we found out by getting some extra records that the hospital denied giving me originally. And we found out that the doctor put the DNR on Grace. You know, we, we knew it that night because when Jessica called us saying, Dad, Grace's numbers are dropping, we said, get the nurses in. And she said, I've been trying. They won't come in. So Cindy and I start screaming, save our daughter. And they holler back, she's DNR. And we holler, she's not DNR, save our daughter. Well, we found out. So we knew they put a DNR on her because we didn't do it. But we right. found out that that DNR order was put on Grace at 10.56, the morning of her last day. At 10.48, they had increased this dose of Presidex to 14 times the original doses, dose. So eight minutes later, they put the DNR on. One of the attorneys that's that's been reviewing the case said he believes they expected the Presidex to take Grace out. So in order to accomplish their goal, which of course I've come to the conclusion was to murder her, uh, they had to get that DNR in place. I mean, so that's where this whole sequence of events has got me to the point where, um, you know, I was probably the last person on earth to conclude this because everybody who interviewed me said it was murder, blah, but I, I you know, I don't want to be accusing of that. That's pretty high standard. Yeah. I didn't want to accuse of that until I had researched it myself. I'm very analytical. And I finally concluded in April. Well, that led to, um, so these doors, like you said, so God's sovereign. So he knew Grace was going to die in the house. She was going to die before she was ever born. But what does he want out of this? You know, at first, I just thought our responsibility is to share this message. Well, actually, before that, I thought our responsibility was simply to, when somebody sins against you, you talk to the person who sinned against you. So we knew they killed her. We didn't think they murdered her. So we summarized all the research. I requested a meeting with the doctor and the hospital CEO. They refused to meet with us. I mean, it would have been all over at that point, but they didn't, they wouldn't meet with us. And so then, you know, the research continues and then you, we think, well, our, I think we're supposed to share this message. So other people don't die in hospitals. Well, as we start sharing now, I'm really researching and pretty soon I have 
you know, 300 hours in four or five, I have over 700 hours in now of researching. And you start, once you conclude that the Grace's death is premeditated murder, then I start digging into why. And what you've known for probably two decades, I started learning in real time, which, you know, I stumble across Agenda 21, Agenda 2030. Yeah. Well, then you start looking at those documents and you can't believe what you're reading. Right. Well, it's too unbelievable that they these elites want to reduce the world population. But then, OK, it starts making sense to me, because if a person doesn't believe in God. You start with a blank piece of paper, you would come up with something like those agendas because you have to sustain the planet. And so if you have to sustain the planet, you've got to control the climate, you got to control the population. So that's a world without God. So these people are simply implementing the beliefs that would be consistent with having a world without God. Right. Well, then, you know, that led to researching genocide. The Epoch Times did an article on us back in um, the mid-June uh, about our genocide claim. And then that led into the Holocaust. And um, when we start getting into, I mean, it, it's hard to grasp this and I'm, I'm just going to share these details and this will open up a can of worms. That's, that's pretty big that I want to dive into. Okay. So um, the entire month of June, our PR man and I started researching the Holocaust and you know, it was every waking minute other than the interviews, every waking minute was, was the Holocaust because we realized Grace's death was part of a genocide. Well, genocide leads you to the Holocaust. Well, the Holocaust leads you in all kinds of rabbit trails. So we started doing a side-by-side -side comparison between the Holocaust with Nazi Germany and what we're calling the Holocaust today. And on Grace's website, we have now a tab that's labeled the Holocaust connection. And then you'll see our research. But ultimately, you start going through this research and you know, I mentioned about God's doors opening up. So in this research, I listened to a podcast that Alex Newman did, where he interviewed a Holocaust survivor by the name of Vera Sherev. So I listened to this, I thought, oh my gosh, who is gonna ever believe a dad explaining the Holocaust when they can listen to a Holocaust survivor? So as God would have it, I did the thing I always do, which you, you know, I just, you just do what a child would do. Um, so God, God gave me that, that weird, that weird ability. So I, I just call, I call a number. Okay. That's on the internet. I call and this lady answered and I said, I'd like to talk to Vera and she starts quizzing me. And so I, I answered the questions and, you know, she determined that I passed and she said, I'm Vera. So then we start chatting and unbelievably, I mean, um, so I said, you know, I started thinking about this. I thought, well, she, we really should do these interviews together. So I called her the following Saturday. This is a month ago, Nick. Mm -hmm. and so I called her two days later. This is on a Thursday. I called her on Saturday. I said, Vera, do you have a day next week when I can fly to New York and meet you? I said, we just got to sit down and talk and get to know each other and and so she says she just reminds me of of um, my grandma and she says scott oh scott she says you can't be doing that she said you don't know if the pilots have been jabbed so why don't she says why don't we just do this via zoom so the following wednesday we 
set up a two hour zoom call to really get to know each other and mm -hmm. agreed to do these interviews together. And uh, it's, uh, she's quite a gift. Um, well, to me, you know, to me, she's like a movie star because she just is, she's so well known. She's been researching this for, for three decades. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's something. You know, and that's, that's the amazing thing about this. And that's why, you know, God's hand is at work here. Um, and that, you know, you two have been brought together to, you know, her decades of, of researching and doing this and then your recent experience, but also subsequent research into this and discoveries that you've made. Um, now they're lending, I would say validity to what many people have considered for a very long time to be some kind of wild conspiracy theory, right? People say, well, that's just not possible. There's no way that these people could be organized enough or evil enough to pull off something like this on a, some global genocide, right? I yeah. mean, that's a pretty big claim. Yeah. And and that's something that you know I discovered in, in 2006 when reading Agenda 21 and then subsequently Agenda 2030. And I, I walked away after reading those documents just stunned. I was just stunned at at the hubris of these people that, that to think that, well, we can just start eradicating people. We can start, you know, just population control, population reduction. And, and I started seeing it and the, the, the methods and means that they were using all around me. And then when COVID came, I said, Oh my God, I know exactly what they're doing here. And, and, but, but it's, it's multifaceted. Not only are they, are they, killing people with it in a lab engineered bioweapon known as COVID-19, but they're killing people with this, um, this experimental MRNA vaccine is what they're calling it. And, you know, at best it's a therapeutic, it's definitely not a vaccine, but on top of it, the more sinister aspect of it is, is what they were doing to people like grace and people like the elderly in many places here in California, New York, Illinois, Michigan, other places uh, where they were taking purposefully taking people who were sick and infected with COVID-19 and putting them into uh, nursing homes with other people who were high risk at, at acquiring the disease and or uh, getting sick and dying from it. And so you see it's, it's like it's it's not just one governor that did it. It's multiple governors. And this is going on not only here in the United States, but around the world. And so it is an organized effort to cull the population, to take out the, the elderly, the infirmed, um, and, and people uh, such as, as Grace, who, who, who are, you know, they, I guess it, in their mind, they consider this, you know, much the same way the Nazis did. You know, they said, well, people who are, who are handicapped or mentally or physically handicapped, you know, are, are um, they're, you know, they, they, in the eyes of the state, they're, they're a drag on the state or the economy or whatever, and I just, I just can't, I still can't believe it. You know, Scott, I, I just, it's just so overwhelmingly evil that it, it seems, it just, just doesn't seem real. But here you are, you're sitting here now. And like you said, you didn't want to believe it, right? When everybody was saying that this is outright murder and you, oh, well, you know, that's a pretty big charge. And, but yet you've done the, the research you've, 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 read the documents and now you're convinced that it was so what are we you know what what are what are you 
what actions are you taking with the help of attorneys there to not only get justice in 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 grace's case but to um to help kind of prosecute this thing on a bigger level is that is that one of your goals to 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 really expose this whole thing yeah that's a great question and then i'll answer that in the dove back dovetail back to agenda 2030 because i i think i have enough proof to change people's beliefs um, because it changed my beliefs once i got the proof um, so what we're doing right now, I just got an email on Saturday from um, the attorney who's in charge of the legal team. So Tom Renz's uh, firm is is um, decided to take on the case. I talked with Tom about a week ago, and uh, they just got the, I just got an uh, email on Saturday from the lead attorney. They just finally received the balance of the medical records that they requested. The hospital dragged their feet. It took them a month just to get the records. And so now they're framing the case and they expect that they'll have the case framed as far as their legal approach by the end of this month. And so then we'll have more to announce. How do, how that fits is, um, you know, I, a, a legal case at the beginning, I, I just didn't even think we were going to do anything because I know it takes an awful lot of effort. It's pretty negative stuff. Yeah. Um, then doing some of the legwork with the PrEP Act community, um, our own state statutes, talking with um, some medical malpractice attorneys, uh, you know, it became this thing where, boy, this is, I, I don't think we can win. Well, then, hmm. you know, meeting Tom Renz, which was another door that got opened, you know, and then he really took an interest in, in not just the case, but he took an interest in Grace personally. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Renz, he's uh, the guy that exposed the Pentagon uh, uh, cover-up of this explosion in vaccine-related injuries, right? These, Absolutely. you know, thousand percent increase in all cause or four hundred percent increase in all cause mortality and and uh, different diseases and cancer and so forth. And yeah, okay, that's just yeah, so I want to put that together yeah. for the audience. Yeah, so. he's he's fantastic. And I just I just enjoy Tom. Anyway, uh, he he called me. This is now, oh boy, probably a couple months ago when when uh, they were thinking about the idea of Grace's case being a national test case. And then he called me, and you know I talked with him, and and he um, he basically convinced me that we should do this because it opens up a door for other people. And they, of course, believe they can win. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it. But it would open up a door for other people. And I told him at that point, you know, and he he explained there's thousands of cases that really need to be filed, but it's a, it's a matter of money. So we have, uh, we have, we don't want any money from this. So we just agreed that, you know, whatever money would come out of this will plow back into the the cause so that they can fight more cases. That's and, very honorable. You know, well, it's it's really not honorable. It is more of what what you would do if you realize that God's in charge. I mean, I don't want to make a profit off of Grace's death. That isn't right. the goal here. I mean, you really want to have other people wake up um, because of her this, death and, and stop know. this from happening and and right. prosecute those who committed these crimes. That's really what it's about: is going Correct. after the people who are out there murdering people for money. You know, I, you know, so I, you know, it's it's two different things happening at the same time regarding that. Of course, 
they should have a consequence to their choice. I mean, that's what justice is. Yeah. By the same token, you know, the best consequence of all would be if they repented. And I'm not talking about repenting of the sin that they had of murdering grace. It's the bigger sin. They've rejected God. And, you know, it's their time is urgent. I mean, God, God's patience with the world rejecting him is coming to an end. And so, you know, that would be the ultimate justice in my mind. And I'd sure like to have that happen. You know, if the doctor and nurse called me today, uh, it would it would be great. It would be, um, it, would be better, it would be better than any any justice. You know, it doesn't mean that they shouldn't go to jail or anything like that. That's a yeah. separate issue because there's consequences to choices. Yeah, but I mean that's I mean that's really takes a a, a person with you know a big heart and a lot of love to be able to really put into practice the, the teachings of, of someone like Jesus who, who said, turn the other cheek. And this is what he, he means by this, I believe, when he said that. And to, to forgive and to love the people who have wronged you. And, and by, by doing that, it, it's, it, it, you know, you, you demonstrate um, God's, God's grace, right? Through your, your 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 own um, forgiveness of these of these people. And again, I can't take any credit for that. The fact is, this I, you know, God knew I was going to be out here doing this before Grace was born. You know, He knew this would activate; it would wake me up. So, in order for me to be able to do this, I had to have a heart of forgiveness. Well, nobody can forgive. Think about it. if somebody kills your child, my best buddy, they killed her, they murdered her. Yeah. I mean, you cannot forgive that on your own. And if, if you could, there would be no need for the gospel. So, I mean, God worked it in my heart. I never even asked him, but he, he worked it in my heart to be able to have that perspective beforehand. And you know what I, my wife is and daughter asked me about this because you know, we're all at different places, but you know, the, the people who did this to grace, did they know what they're doing? So I want to just explain that from God's economy versus man's economy. Okay. And then that'll, that'll be a good segue into agenda 2030 and how this is all happening. So, you know, on the cross, Jesus said, father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. Okay. Right. Does that make any sense? I mean, the people hung Jesus on the cross. Of course they knew what they're doing. Hmm. He said, forgive them. For they do not know what they're doing. So from God's economy, if somebody is one of Satan's and doing Satan's work, yeah, they're in the dark. They actually don't know what they're doing because they're possessed by Satan. Right. So that's how we could say that, even though those people on a human perspective knew what they're doing. So the doctor and nurse who killed Grace, of course they knew what they're doing. They knew that those drugs would kill her. They knew that the DNR was illegal. Of course they knew that. But they also don't know what they're doing because they're part of Satan's army. And that's that's really how Agenda 2030 and Agenda 21 can even take place. Nobody is smart enough on the planet. And even all the smartest people, all these elites on the planet aren't smart enough to orchestrate what we are seeing in real time happen in the groundwork has been laid since uh, the beginning of the 
20th century. Yeah. They've been working on this groundwork and, and probably even way before that in some of the studying I'm doing, but I don't have the brain power to go back before 1900 yet, but I think it's, it's where it's going to go. So, I mean, if you understand, which I'm only learning to understand the idea of Satan and the occult, you know, of course I knew they existed, but how, how widespread their army is and their spiritual army army and their minions on earth. And uh, I mean, there's no way that men could accomplish what is, is happening. So I want to just give you a couple of, for instances that help prove for people that don't believe that, you know, you can look you for yourself, but look up agenda 21, agenda 2030. We have the links on Grace's website, you know, look them up yourself. But if you still don't think, well, this can't be possible. I'm going to share a couple of things that that really got me to the point of believing this. And the so the two things first are Hannah Arendt was a Holocaust survivor. She studied the Adolf Eichmann trial in 1961. And she coined the phrase the banality of evil. So she was having a hard time understanding how could this happen? You know, how, how did they get everybody in on it? And the banality of evil is a very practical thing that Satan is using to get everybody in on it. So I'm going to just apply the banality of evil to three things. But you, when you hear this, you'll see, boy, this applies to a whole bunch of things. I'm going to apply it to um, young people. I'm going to apply it to the disabled and the elderly. So we'll apply it to the disabled first. So Grace was disabled because she had Down syndrome. So if a young couple gets pregnant today, what happens? They go to the doctor. The doctor says, yes, you're pregnant. Uh, Well, what's the next step, doctor? And he says, well, I think we should get you set up for an amniocentesis. So they set that up. And so then they get this done and and the results are either good or bad. So if they're good, well, everything's going to be normal with your pregnancy. If they're bad, well, you know, we think that your baby is going to have Down syndrome or some other disability that you're not going to want. So then the couple is shocked, you know, their their perfect little life is going to be upset. So then the doctor recommends they get an abortion. So in the United States right now, 67% of Down syndrome children are murdered through abortion before they're born. Worldwide, some countries have eliminated Down syndrome. It's similar to other disabilities. Denmark is a 98% kill rate. Wow. So now just process that. So that's the banality of evil says evil is so common, you don't recognize it. It just becomes accepted. So that pattern that I just gave you is accepted behavior. So now those same young people are now in the hospital taking care of my daughter, Grace. They labeled in her doctor's records that she had Down syndrome 36 different times. Well, what's the purpose? Well, their, their belief of a Down syndrome person is part of the banality of evil. So when they, when they're given the directive to take her out because she's on Medicaid, um, it's, it's no biggie because they already think that she shouldn't be here. The same thing applies to the elderly. So the elderly for decades, so this Down syndrome disabled thing has been going on for decades. For decades, the elderly are put in nursing homes when they get to a certain age. So your your um, mom forgets to get the mail one day, pretty soon 
the siblings all want to put her in a home because she forgot to go get the mail instead of figuring out, well, how can we take care of mom? Right. And so then that same person now is in the hospital and what happens? I'm going to tie this to Nazi Germany here in a minute, but then now you take, so I'm calling it the public fool system. The public fool system is trained out critical thinking. So now yeah. these same medical professionals who are supposedly the smartest people on the planet, right? They have degrees and things that I, I'm not smart enough to get. They, they start killing people with the CDC protocol. Well, if you, Nick, if you and I were the doctor and we had five patients in a row in a week that we killed by a protocol, wouldn't it dawn on you to think, well, I wonder if this protocol, I don't think this is working. Right. I should look at something else. But they just like, it's just like they're zombies. You know, so that's the banality of evil with our school system. You know, I, I own a business. I hire young people. They can't think. Critical thinking has been trained out of the public fool system. So, you know, so that's the banality of evil. It's become so common. You know, everybody that graduates from first grade gets a trophy now. You know, it's, it's, there's no, it's like in, insanity, but that's what we have really experienced over the last several decades. And it's, yeah. it's all set up that agenda 21, agenda 2030, it's like they, COVID was the perfect excuse. They had it all ready to go and boom. Right. Right. To, to execute the, the next phase of the plan, but they've been laying the groundwork for this, right. For decades. And, right. and the, you know, this is something that you can, yeah, I'm sure in your research, you, you found there, there are other documents out there that, that have been talking about this stuff. There's, there was a, a gentleman named Jacques Attali, who was the advisor or an advisor to French president, Mitterrand back in the eighties. And I'll just paraphrase what he said, but essentially was, is that we'll create a virus and then we'll present the vaccine as the solution. But, but the vaccine is the one is the thing that will kill the people. And, and the, the, the people who are uninformed, who are uneducated will rush to this vaccine and they, in, 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 in effect will kill themselves. And we'll use that as a way to depopulate the planet. Right. And so they've been talking about this for a very long time. I think Henry Kissinger wrote a paper on it in the 70s. Um, there, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's part of it of a a long term plan. I mean, you look at you look at uh, organizations like Planned Parenthood. Their stated goal was to eliminate the black race. That's what they but through abortion. Right. So so Margaret Sanger and um, then, of course, and this is really not a, I don't think a coincidence at all, but a one of the members of the board of directors was Bill Gates, father. And Bill Gates, father is a, is a known admitted eugenicist. So these people have been operating in these spheres of influence and in positions of power for quite some time. So, so Bill Gates is, it's, it's not a, a, a fluke that this man ended up where he is and advocating for what he does with regard to the vaccination of the population of the entire planet, especially with this latest thing. I mean, as I pointed out in the, uh, in the news uh, section, you know, he's, he's wanted for murder in India for, for killing children with his polio vaccine. 
So, so these, um, yeah, these folks are, are, are now really out in the open with it. I think it's something that, that for a long time, it's been very, uh, uh, you know, kept under, under wraps, but now I think they've, they've infiltrated every aspect of society from the education system to government to, uh, you know, the, the judicial branch of our government. So there's, you know, the justice department and the court system and, and they, they're, they're they've got everything. So I don't know, uh, locked down in terms of, of their, you know, their control that they're, they're brazen now about, yes, about what they do. Right. So for example, the, in this case, the, the doctor that ordered the do not resuscitate, he, he, he probably figures, well, there's, they're not going to be able to do anything about it because, Hey, I'm part of the club. Right. They can't stop me. It's a part of the plan. It's part of the program. And I think that, that their arrogance is going to be their undoing. And I, I hope it will be. I mean, it, it, it seems as if the, the evidence is in, is in our favor, is in your favor in this case, for sure. But in, in, a, in a broader sense, that, that the evidence that these people are generating against themselves is going to be what ultimately is, uh, brings about their downfall. And so when we talk about God's plan, right, the, the big plan, um, <clears throat> I've often thought that, that although seem, things might seem dark and, and might not be going our way, God is preparing the way for our victory through these things, right? And there have been throughout this this entire last several years, um, a lot of silver linings, you know, things that have come to light that that previously were hidden, such as um, the 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 horrific state of our education system here in the United States, and uh, you know what they've been teaching our children or what they haven't been teaching them, as you were talking about, you know, they're 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 just they're cranking out drones, right? They, they're not cranking. These people don't have any critical thinking skills. Um, so these are, you know, among, among other things that have been, have been revealed. In addition to that, now we've, we've grown as, as a community of concerned people who from what was once considered a very fringe element of conspiracy theorists uh, to uh, a larger group of conspiracy analysts, people who are analyzing actual conspiracies that have been occurring and are occurring right now and, and exposing the evil of these people that is, that is previously here to been just referred to as, Oh, well, you're, 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 you're crazy. Of course they're not doing that. Um, and now it's all coming to light that they are. And so I think, I think through this, you know, God, God is working, um, to 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 ultimately yeah to bring them down i think this is the big showdown i i don't know you know about you i ask people um i've had pastors on the show and and other um uh, other folks who who are uh, scholars of the bible and and i've often asked if they think that that this is tied into um things that are happening around in the book of revelation or the book of John and um, 
I don't know. I'll, I'll pose I'll pose that question to you. I mean, I, I see it as such. These vaccines is almost like the mark of the beast where you can't travel, you can't work or buy or sell uh, without this mark. What, what are your thoughts on that? Do you see any similarities in in what you've read in the Bible and what's happening today with regard to the end of times? I do, and uh, that's a that's a fantastic question because that's exactly what um, that I've been. Every waking moment now is is being invested in this idea called the Hegelian dialectic. Have you heard of that before, Nick? Yes, yes, yes. So it's a problem, wanna, reaction, solution. Right. I want to explain the Hegelian dialectic so the people who don't know understand. But then I I want to answer your question specifically okay. about. How does that all fit with the mark of the beast? What's actually happening? Uh, because I, I believe that that is what I'm supposed to be sharing. And you know, I, I wanted to get here. And it's interesting that you, you asked the question. So the Hegelian dialectic basically uh, plays both sides against the middle. So a house divided against itself cannot stand. Uh, Satan uh, uses the Hegelian dialectic. and but, but we see it. I'll just give you a practical example first. So we see, we might say that uh, CBS, NBC, ABC, CNN, MSNBC, they're all bad. And then Fox and Newsmax are good. So it's, it's good and bad playing against each other. And so the reality is they're both, both sides of the equation are really bad in God's economy because in that example, they're all owned by the same corporations and they have the same goal, which is to spread pop propaganda. Right. Pfizer, Pfizer advertises on them all. So you can tell who owns them. Right. Right. Uh, so it's not hard to figure out, okay, well, it, you know, my old way of thinking, these are bad and these are good. Right. Okay. Well, they're all in on it. Okay. Well, yeah. now I'll take it to something that might be a little bit more controversial, but shouldn't be, is that my, my school is, uh, teaching critical race theory. That's bad. Okay. Well, my school still says the Pledge of Allegiance. That's good. Well, the Pledge of Allegiance, if you think about where should our allegiance be pledged to, it should only be pledged to one thing, which is God and the our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You can't right. pledge allegiance to a flag. Right. So again, you have bad and good, but in God's economy, None of that cuts it. God's outside of that. The only true good comes from God and the only true light comes from God. And so what I believe is happening in this Hegelian dialectic model with Satan is that things are going to get substantially worse. So we already they are already announcing food shortages, the financial system collapse. You know, these stories like Grace's, there's tens of thousands of them. You know, so we're exposing evil. Lots of evils getting exposed. This is this is going to blow a lot of people's minds, but I've come to the conclusion that Satan wants that. He wants this evil to be exposed because then he can also, with the Hegelian dialectic model, bring in the good side. So uh -huh. there's going to be a solution that's not from God but looks like it's from God that yes, most, people, most people are going to get duped by. And that's where the mark of the beast comes in. So the vaccine, the vaccine cards, all that are just a prelude to the real mm. mark of the beast. 
which I would see as likely having to do with finances because what is in the works to replace the existing system is a gold-based system with debt forgiveness. And so think about how many people would really, you know, on people who are on the Patriot side of the equation. So we already have zombies on the other side, right? They're all getting vaccinated, following whatever the government says. But now mm -hmm. when Satan comes in as an angel of light, that's what God says he's going to do is come as an angel of light. It's going to look very appealing. And so when we buy into that appealing solution, we're buying into the mark. The mark of the beast is the mark of Satan. It isn't necessarily, you know, God talks, the way God uses scripture isn't always a literal interpretation. Um, the Old Testament has a number of types that are repeated in the New Testament. And so in the Old Testament, God talks about the mark, his mark being on our foreheads and on our hands. That means right. in our mind and in our actions. So the same uh, thing is talked about in the book of Revelation. So if we have God on our mind and in our hands, we're not going to fall trapped to the mark, which Satan will come in with, with this debt forgiveness. Uh, one of the terms I heard that, that he may use as a jubilee debt forgiveness, which is also, remember Satan knows scripture better than any of us. And so for him to twist this as a jubilee debt forgiveness, which is yeah. an Old Testament concept, yeah. um, with a back system, Right. And, you know, it it could be the way that the the book of Revelation is meant to be interpreted. Wow. I, I'm not a prophet, but no, I, that's great. That's, that's a very. It, yeah, no, that, 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 that's a that's a, 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 a very that's a great interpretation. Uh, that's probably the best I've, I've heard so far, because you do incorporate the the current situation. And I didn't even consider this whole uh, debt debt forgiveness and, and jubilee thing because i've been reading up on that and hearing about it and a lot of people are passing that around and and saying that that's something that trump was going to do i think uh it was a part of you know the plan you know trust the plan as they say and this whole this whole q thing I, i've never really subscribed yeah. so much to the the whole q thing but i'm familiar with it and and you're right uh they were talking about you know the reset of of the dollar getting rid of the federal reserve uh, wiping out that debt that the United States owes to this privately owned bank, and so on its on its face, yeah, that seems like a great thing, right? Uh, you know, th these people have been holding us uh, as slaves to that debt for a very long time, and will, right. uh, you know, our children and our children's children, and so forth. So that seems exactly like something that that Lucifer would do. You know, Lucifer is uh as you mentioned you know the light bearer the bringer of light and and very probably the most um is the master of lies right the, you know the, the, the just a master of deception and yeah. and i could see a lot of people falling for that i mean i might you right you know i <clears throat> without knowing any better we go oh, that's great right? right um so but i've i've not heard that that that's really amazing uh that's an amazing interpretation that you've got there well uh, what, what happened is ahead. i started thinking is god or is satan using grace's case for his benefit because mm. you know i don't want that to happen right and that's when you know this hegelian dialectic and then you know my mind i just can't stop digging into this stuff and 
Um, I don't do not, you know, I, I want this evil to be exposed, but not so that Satan can come in on a white horse. And, you know, right. so I, I have believed since the beginning that if we share Grace's story without giving some hope, and I'm not talking about hope in terms of um, getting the right candidates in office and all of that stuff. I'm talking about real hope, the gospel message, you know, Jesus uh, died, was buried, and he rose on the third day in fulfillment of the scripture. So whoever believes in him has eternal life. I mean, that's the reality. So all of this stuff that's happening, uh, food shortages, all that, it's scary stuff. But yeah. we are, we should have no fear because we know that God takes care of those who believe. So if you yeah. don't believe, this is the time. You know, take if if Grace's case wakes you up to say, "Holy cow! If this, what this guy is true saying is true, I need to get right with God." And that's that's the most important thing that you could do to prepare. You know, a lot of people are doing you know a lot of things to prepare. You know, you know ammunition, guns, uh, food, food, horrible food, yeah, you know, all kinds of stuff. Which I'm not against preparing. But right. one of the pastors I listened to when I first knew I was one of God's 25 years ago, he said, there's two mistakes you can make, which is one is failure to prepare. And the, the more important one is relying on your preparations. Believe me, there's no amount of ammunition or guns. Yeah, I'm a gun owner. I don't want to, you know, but there's no there's no amount of ammunition or guns that are going to protect us. Yeah. yeah, this is this is big stuff that they have. planned, and right. We can't. Yeah, we can't protect ourselves from that. God, God wins. We're positive of that. I mean, that's what the Bible says. I believe the Bible all the way. Um, so I don't, I don't have fear of this. And you know, even what I'm sharing today, you know, as I process sharing this, you know, this is big stuff. This is the first time, first program I have shared. You know, I've introduced the Hegelian dialectic, but I haven't had enough time to connect all the dots like I just did with you. This is the first time. I've shared that, but I, I believe it's true. I mean, the Hegelian dialectic is what Satan uses to to spread deception across the whole planet. Absolutely. Absolutely. And right. And when you when you think that, you know, he uses this dichotomy of good versus evil and that, you know, one side's good, the other side is bad. Um, but it's it's, you know, some refer to that would be a controlled opposition where where you you, you think that that they're in, in opposition to the other side, but in fact, it's it's they're controlling and guiding your thought process and your perception of the issue. So that that is a, a big part of the Hegelian dialectic is is right. managing perception of the problem, and um, yeah, we need to be very very mindful of that. And so, do do you find that because it's hard? It really is hard to for to have you know clear understanding or discernment is, is that something because i find sometimes when i'm confused about things I'll, I'll i'll just ask god i'll say god can you show to me you know they can you give me that discernment can you show me and answer me and you know one of the things i asked god you know is a lot of people are like well when do we stand up and 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 defend ourselves right you know that's the big thing and, and i and i asked god for some discernment on that he says he says it the time when the time comes it will be unmistakable. You will know. And I said, okay, I, then I will wait and I will, I will listen and I will, I will watch and I will do as, as you command. And, and that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to be a servant. And I try to, 
you know, through my actions, um, um, you know, whether I'm, you know, like some of the legal actions that I'm taking in cases over here, you know, trying to fight on behalf and set legal precedent for other people to come behind me and and get justice in in their particular cases. And um, I, I think that's kind of what you know you're you're doing here as well. You're 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 laying that that legal groundwork that um, you're you're fighting that battle up front for thousands of other people who have also had. Uh, experienced something similar so are, are you go, go ahead that's, that's impressive nick i mean that's exactly what you should do and i'll just i'll give a very practical application of that because it's maybe the thing on a um, day by day basis that's the most near and dear to me right now and that is um so i'll just compare it to nazi germany first the Jewish leaders of the time were the ones who led the, the Jews to the concentration camps. When the Holocaust first started, it was with the disabled. They took out 300,000 disabled first. Yeah. And so when I got hooked up with Vera, Vera had already heard of Grace's story and you know she was motivated to work together. Well, the Jewish leaders, um, when, when the Germans were enacting these laws against the Jews, they just, they really were passive about it. There was no objection. And so they ultimately are responsible for leading the Jews to the concentration camps. And I see the, the Christian pastors, other than the ones who are awake, doing the same thing today. And so what does that mean? So they hide behind this idea of um, obey man's laws if they're not inconsistent with god's laws which of course that's true mm -hmm. but what does that how do you discern that so when when um they demand that we wear masks they demand that we get vaccinated are those laws that now we're supposed to obey or are those inconsistent with god's laws and i believe both of those are examples of things we should not obey and in fact, obedience to those type of things is empowering that type of um, attitude exactly. the government is portraying. So why do I say that we shouldn't obey those things? Because you can see that they're from Satan. Why do I say they're from Satan? Is because we know masks don't work. We know that they actually harm you. We yeah. know the vaccine doesn't work. We also know it actually harms you. Right. So that means it's a control tactic and Satan is, that's his, his whole methodology. So we know that those mandates or laws are control tactics from Satan and we should not be obeying those. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, and it's so interesting that I've always had a very acute intuition where I just know in my gut when something is wrong, I just feel it. And right off the bat, when this whole thing started, um, I got that feeling uh, about the masks. And as I started to do more research on them and as more data became available, um, I started seeing what was coming next, which was the vaccines, you know, and I, and I, and I have to give credit to God for this because I, I, I am, I'm connected and I, and I listen. And I think that's what my intuition really is. It's not, it's not something that, that I have. It's just more of a, a connection to the source of, you know, all creation and, yeah. And if you're if you're tied into that, you can sense these things. And there's something just told me right away that this is wrong. And and then that just kept being proven right over and over and over again as I as I got more information. And 
the 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 thing that's stunning to me is that now that that we we we're so far into this and uh, that the information is out there with so many amongst so many people now it's been spread far and wide I just understand how they can, with a straight face, keep saying, you know, you wear a mask and take this vaccine and it's effective and it's safe. I, I just, it just, it's stunning to me. Like the article I shared with, with, with Fauci saying, yeah, you, you need to be up to date with your, with your latest, uh, your latest jab, your, you know, your, your latest booster, because this variant's even worse than the last one. And I, I just, it stuns me, the, the audacity these people have. And to, to keep saying these things. It really does. I couldn't agree more, I, but it's still working. Um, yeah. You know, I've, I've educated all of my employees about the jab. I mean, I'm, I'm not bashful about it. I mean, they know that you know, I've essentially turned the business over them to them to run. I mean, they know I'm working on this full time. Yet one of the guys came into me last week and said, I have some bad news. I said, well, what is it? He said, I got jabbed. I said, well, you got to be kidding me. How could you do this? And, you know, he's a young guy. Um, and uh, he said, well, I wanted to go to Disney World. And they oh. wouldn't let me go. And let, I either had to wear a mask or get jabbed. And I'd hate wearing a mask, so I got jabbed. Oh. So, well, have you ever considered not going to Disney World? Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, my gosh. That's all. Wow. I, and I just can't believe people are 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 throwing away their lives or risking their lives really for, for such meaningless things as a, as a trip to, to Disneyland or Disney world or what have you. It yeah. just, it's stunning to me uh, that, that, that people would do that. I mean, my, my, my own brother, uh, I told him not to take the jab. He's a little bit younger than me, but he's, 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 you know, he's in his forties. And, and I said, look, man, the, 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 the risk to you is extremely low. Of, of something bad happening if you were to get this this virus right it's a cold for all intents right. and purposes and and i said don't take it man you know and he's like oh you know i promised you i won't take it i won't take it and for I, reasons unbeknownst to me i don't know he works in in um, construction and and works in and around people's homes perhaps it was something with one of his clients that wanted him to get it and, and in order to do the job and that's what that's what really bothers me is not just the uh you know the 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 choice or, or choice someone made to do something uh, you know to go on a vacation but but the choice that some people have to make in order to earn a living and that is just it's heartbreaking to me i i hear so many stories of people who who were were left with basically no choice it was either put food on the table and and provide for their family or 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 go hungry you know and you have to you know you have to take the jab or or not and it breaks my heart to think that all these people were put in that position and and had to make that difficult decision and are now ultimately regretting it um so i i don't know um if i i don't I'm just thinking about forgiveness and I'm thinking about how, how you uh, have, have overcome, um, such, I don't know, just such tragedy and to be able to forgive, um, those people is, is amazing to me. And I'm, I pray that, that, that God will give me something, give me some similar 
disgrace in this case. I think it's an appropriate word. And I think your daughter is appropriately named. I mean, it really is. I mean, grace is probably one of the most powerful things uh, in God's arsenal. And, and so uh, I, I pray for that because uh, I am, I'm very angry. I'm, I have to be honest with you. I'm very angry at a lot of uh, people who are involved in all this stuff. And oh, I, um, I understand. Yeah. And it well, seems, it seems that there will be a day of reckoning. I mean, we know that there will be in the end, uh, regardless. And, you know, the, the people like your brother right now, you know, I, I would hope that um, that he does more than just regret that he got jabbed. And I told my young guy who got jabbed, I said, the best thing you can do right now is processed. Are you really sorry you got jabbed? Because if you are, you can repent. And God's bigger than the jab. Um, but I mean, he you got to first realize it's a sin. If you just regret it, think, oh, boy, I wish I would have done that. Well, that isn't repentance. And that's that's important. I mean, you, um, you know, God wants you to see that this thing, you know, this, this is this is not good. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of people were duped. I mean, in my generation, um, if we go back to the banality of evil, as it applies to vaccinations. So when I was a kid, all of us got vaccinated the same day in the gymnasium. You right. just lined up. So, I mean, a lot of people my age, when I ask them, did you get jabbed? Oh, yeah, I got jabbed. Well, how come? Well, because it's a vaccination culture that is the banality of evil. So they got jabbed. They never even thought about it. So, I mean, I thank God that he educated, you know, he put that. I, I listened to Sherry Tenpenny way back before the thing ever came out. And one one podcast, I was instantly convinced this thing is from Satan. Yeah. Um, it, so, it has it has all the hallmarks. It right. really does. Um, so before we go, I, I just would like to bring up, and I, I, I've just noticed this now looking through your website again, that you formed a 501c3, a foundation. Yes. Okay. Well, so th is this a way that, that people can, uh, basically help, uh, behind, is this go, does this go towards some of the, the legal, uh, the legal fees or, or what is the foundation set up to do? Yeah, great question. So there's three things that the foundation is doing. You know, obviously, it, we're getting this word out. We have 17 billboards. Uh, so that's been the biggest use of funds so far. Uh, we have a give, send, go on the website that people can access under how can you help. Um, then, of course, there's going to be legal fees. You know, we haven't, that's going to be coming up. I mean, that that really hasn't, it's just getting started. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing, which was the original purpose, uh, so the week after Grace died, I said to my wife, you know, we should start a foundation because our entire estate was going to Grace to take care of her after we died. And uh, so that that was the original purpose. At that point, we had no idea the story is going to go international. There's going to be a loss. So we had no idea this stuff was going to happen. So, you know, that original purpose is just getting started. So my wife and daughter are working with a professional to set up another website that's really just dedicated to that original purpose, which we've already given a gift under the original purpose, which was pretty neat. We met a, a, a dad who has a um, Down syndrome girl that's the same age as Grace. She's 19. Her name is Angel. And we met them by another God coincidence. And 
ask them if there's anything they needed that we have a foundation and and the dad said we'd really like to get a three-wheel bike for angel and so my wife and i um, over uh, memorial day weekend we met them at a bike shop in our local town we tried out a couple bikes we bought a bike for angel and then we we delivered it out to their home about a half hour away and oh my gosh it was a lot of tears shed that day it was pretty cool that's um, wonderful yeah, Angel, it was, it's funny because I, you know, my way of looking at things, you know, she got on that thing and she was like, it was the first taste of freedom, you know, because she could just go. Yeah. And I said to, um, the week after it happened, I said, she went like a bat out of hell. And the, the host said, well, didn't she go like a bat out of heaven? Her name is Angel. Ah. Said, oh, yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> so we're hoping to do a lot more of those things because, you know, with Grace, um, we've been, we were blessed financially, so we really didn't have to ever not do anything, you know, whatever grace want to do, we just did it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, we'd really like to be able to bless other people that way. And, um, you know, I, I see that as, you know, once the dust settles from all the things that, you know, I, I'm working 90 hours a week on grace's case right now, Nick. So wow. you know, I'm really glad that you brought that up because that is where I see transitioning with my wife and daughter after the dust settles with everything. Good. So, so this can be more than just, you know, the fight for justice for grace. I mean, something right. even bigger and better can come out as a result of this. Right. Again, is, this is where you see God's hand at work and, and, so um, I'm, I'm glad you're 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 thinking along those lines and seeing the bigger picture uh, for this opportunity, if you would call it that. Yeah. Um, so so that's uh, that's wonderful to hear. And so uh, I will I will add like a direct link to that page. This, I'll show people what the page looks like here um, and we'll put a direct link to that page for the Give, Send, Go. And uh, you would just click on this button. Or if I click on it, actually, we'll, I'll put a direct link to the Give, Send, Go page as well as a link to the website there. So Sounds good. Uh, yeah, so this is great. And you've raised already 14000 Is there a, Is there a goal? You have a specific goal in mind? Well, we put hundred. We put a hundred thousand as the goal to start okay. with. You know, as this was this was started before the lawsuit, so the lawsuit is going to be in the two hundred fifty three hundred thousand dollar range. So, wow. and that'll get adjusted once we get the lawsuit going. And um, interestingly, we before we had the gifts and go, we had a um, GoFundMe page, and we had raised about twelve thousand on the GoFundMe page, but then they shut us down. Because we're spreading misinformation. Unbelievable. I, I just, yes, I've heard stories like this. And again, another one. Uh, now they, they shut it down. And they, what did they, did they return the money to the people that donated it? Or did they just keep yeah, it? Yeah, we, we had it set up on an automatic transfer. So they were transferring every three days. Mm -hmm. So the only, uh, they returned the money to the people in that three-day window because they shut okay. us down. And so the people that had contributed during that window, uh, we just never received the funds, but the people received their money back. It just, it just, it stuns me to think that they're calling this misinformation. Somebody right. killed your daughter and they're saying, well, you're out there spreading misinformation. What? Right. It's just the, the, the nerve of these people. Uh, it, it is evil. It really is. I, I, there's just no other, there's just no other word to describe it, what they're doing. And they know what they know what they're doing. So um, I agree. Just, just unbelievable. Well, well, Scott, it's been great having you back on the show again, and I'm glad to hear that things are moving forward 
with the case. It sounds like you've got someone great working alongside you. Thomas Renz, I know, is top notch and and I'm sure is going to uh, expose all of this. And and so this is going to be really, really good news. We're going to be following this closely and updating our audience and our viewers and listeners when we hear more. And of course, we'd love to have you back on again in the future. Well, boy, Nick, that is, that's, thank you very much. That was, that's very kind. Great. Uh, did you have any final words, any, any, any final thoughts you wanted to leave us with? Oh, sure. Uh, uh, the final words I'd say is just to put emphasis on, on these hospital settings, just to make it real for people. So I was talking with one of the elders from our church and, you know, they're having a hard time understanding why am I so invested the, in this? And his name is Jeff. He's 57 years old. I said, Jeff, right now you're traveling. You're headed south. You're about 20 miles north of the hospital that killed Grace. And if you get hit by another car and have to be transported by ambulance to that hospital, what's going to happen is they're going to call your wife and they're going to ask some questions. They're going to ask, uh, what's your re religious affiliation? Are you vaccinated? And she's going to tell them where you go to church and that you're unvaccinated. And I, his wife is an RN. I said, unless your wife is by your side watching and stopping everything that they're going to do you will be killed in that hospital and um, that's the warning i have for people what i'm telling you is is the truth not all the hospitals are in on it um, but most of them are the the love of money is the root of all evil and the financial temptation that has been given to these hospitals by you you're in my tax money is yeah. real stuff and um, I, um, I don't want other people to, to have to go through what our family is going through. And, and you know, it, it is real. There is a depopulation agenda and the hospitals are just one of the many tentacles they're using to accomplish the goal. And, and they took out my daughter, Grace, that way. And I don't want anybody else to die that way. Yeah. It's horrific to think that some places... Uh, you know, as, as what we should be able to trust as a medical institution, as a hospital, is Correct. is turning into a, or has been turned into, a, you know, a factory of death. It, it just is, it's stunning. And, and I'm sure even to hear yourself say it, you know, sometimes I'm sure it just, it doesn't, it just doesn't register as being real, but right. uh, it certainly, most certainly is, as you can attest to. And I think that's a that's a, a good warning for people to keep in mind and and to uh, steer clear. What was the name of that hospital again? The one that killed Grace was St. Elizabeth's Hospital in Appleton, Wisconsin. They're part of the Ascension Hospital System. And I say this with so much confidence because I went into a different hospital three days after Grace died. And I am 100% convinced that God put me in a different hospital and that one specifically, because it was just by chance other than God's, you know, God's providence. Um, and that hospital used a completely different protocol than what they used on Grace. And they turned me, I was way worse than Grace. I was three times worse than Grace when I checked in. I couldn't breathe. And wow. uh, they, they, they turned me around and saved my life in 24 hours. Wow. Amazing. And what, what did they, did do you recall what they used? Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, I was on a regular oxygen cannula, no BiPAP mask that they put Grace on. Yeah. And the they did um, budesonide treatments. And the most shocking thing 
was the the morning after well i mean that evening when i checked in they asked what would i like to have happen i said i don't want any alarms going off and i don't want anybody coming in unless i buzz you they respected that and you know i ended up having to buzz them because my act i went up to go to the bathroom my oxygen dropped about in the low 70s so i buzzed them they cranked the oxygen up so i get up the next morning i realized i i made it i'm alive the nurse came in she's got a little cup and she said, I'd like to go through the pill regimen with you. I said, what do you have in there? She said, I have a probiotic, a multivitamin, vitamin D, vitamin Jeez. E, and fish oil. I said, you've got to be kidding me. You guys don't believe in that stuff. Yeah. She said, she said well, we do here. Awesome. And it's like, I knew I was going to live. That's great. And just process that. I mean, and yeah. I just, my daughter just was killed three days earlier. And then, so I'm thinking, you know, what's going to happen here? I didn't know about the agenda. I don't know about anything at that point, but I, you know, I know that I, I'm having a hard time breathing. I know they just killed her and you know, what do you do? And you know, they just, their whole attitude was one of respect, informed consent, everything that you expect. You know, when you think of a hospital, that's what you think of. Mm -hmm. And, and um, what was the name of that hospital? That was St. Vincent's hospital in green Bay, Wisconsin. Okay. And they're part of a different, a different network. Of different. Yeah. They're a small hospital system with only five hospitals, whereas Ascension is 142 hospitals. Interesting. Huh? I wonder if that oh, has Ascension, Ascension hospital system, just to give you a perspective, they received from our taxpayer money in the first year of COVID. This is outside of their regular hospital revenue. They received in bonus payment and PPP loan, Ten billion dollars, billion like a, with a B. With a B, are you kidding? Oh my! So what? Just process that. That's where the love of money is yeah. the root of all evil comes in yeah. place. So now, their their bean counters figure out ten billion. Holy cow! All we right. have to do is implement this protocol that kills people. That's a no right. brainer. Right. Yep. That's that's how they do it. They get their hooks in you with the money. Yeah. And then you do whatever they say. And that's exactly what they did. And they, yeah, they did not, um, they didn't pass God's test. They failed. Yeah. And sure. uh, spectacularly. And, um, but thanks to, uh, thanks to you and the work of, of your attorneys and your family and other people supporting you, we're going to make sure that uh, that doesn't happen again. So I want to thank you, Scott, for taking this on. It's a lot of work. I know because I'm, I'm currently, prosecuting two cases myself. So I do know it is a great deal of work and it, it can be very exhausting at times. And so uh, just thank you for putting putting yourself in this position and taking this on because it's not easy. No, thank you, Nick. I, I, you're one of the few guys that can really appreciate what's happening, but it's, uh, it's actually, you know, Grace, my daughter, Grace, this is, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a pleasure to do it. And I, I, I'm no, I know that I'm doing God's will. And so it's, uh, I've never had, I've never worked so hard or have this, have had this much energy at the same time. So, yeah. You know, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a labor of love, as they say, you know, correct. and you're, you're doing God's work. Well, I can certainly, uh, I can certainly sympathize, empathize with that. I, I feel it as well. So, well, thank you for coming on the show, Scott. And, and we'll, we'll stay in touch. All right. Thank you, Nick. Bye. All right. Well, there you go, folks. Um, another 
just powerful episode of the Free America podcast. And this is really one of the reasons I started this show. I mean, probably if not the main reason I started this show was to bring stories like this to your attention and to help educate and inform you. And as you can see, some of the things, a lot of the things that I've been talking about on this show are, are exactly what Scott was talking about, you know, agenda 21, agenda 2030, you know, the, the overall plan to cull humanity with this, this agenda of, of death. And, and it's, on the one hand, it's it's very disturbing to hear or to realize that these things are actually true and they're not just some wild conspiracy theory. But on the other hand, it 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 gives one hope to know that that this evil is being exposed and that we are now taking action to do something about it. And and it's the actions of people like Scott, like I was just talking about at the end there, who are are making a difference. And so I hope that you might visit the website. We will put the links there and learn more about Grace's story, but also contribute if you can. Make a contribution to the effort to help not only prosecute this case, but to build a better world as a result of this, what has happened, and and help other people like Grace. And uh, as you said, it was, it was great. You got a bicycle for an, another young lady um, with Down syndrome. So, yeah, check it out. Check out the link and, and and make a contribution. And anyway, that's it for our show today. I want to thank you all for tuning in. And once again, encourage you to click on that link in the show notes section. Get yourself a deck of COVID's most wanted cards. These are really cool. You're gonna have you're gonna have a blast going through the deck. I know anytime I show this to somebody, they just love them. So um, get yourself a deck or or get one as a gift for somebody. They're a great, great gift. Christmas is coming up and something, you know, you might want to share that information with people because we're going to hold these people accountable. We're not going to, I'm not going to rest until all these people are brought to justice. All right. That's it for today, folks. We'll see you next week. Good night, everybody. Oh, and you got to fight for that freedom. I got to, I got to remind you every day, every time, every time I'm here, fight for that freedom, folks. It's not free. As you know, they're trying to take it away every single day. And so we got to stay on top of it. So to all my friends around the world, good night, everybody. Stay free.